XV Planus is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Welcome to XV Planus. Greetings, friends and fiends, and welcome back to XV Planus, the podcast where we don't just talk about the paranormal, we put boots on the ground and we pursue it in the field. Transmitting from the Black Lodge, as always, I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very excited to be back here on the mic to dive further into the unknown, the enigmatic, and the just plain weird with you all. First and foremost, I'd like to wish you happy holidays, no matter what you celebrate. Me? I'm more of a winter solstice, Yule, and Krampus kind of guy, but hey, whatever brings you warmth in these chilly months, go for it. Today, I am pleased to present you with the third annual XV Planus Winter Solstice Party. For those of you who have been here since the beginning, you know that this yearly installment typically comes as a year-end recap and season finale before I take my winter break to prep for next year's investigations and content. However, that will not be the case for 2023. Our final series for Season 3 will be focused on our week-long investigation of Utah's Uinta Basin famous in a modern sense for being the location where a uh, certain ranch resides that most paranormal enthusiasts are well aware of. While we did not have the opportunity to be on the ranch itself, we were, in fact, (laughs) approximately 400 feet away from it. And uh, I can tell you this, it's not just the ranch that is dripping with the high strangeness ooze, it is the whole of the Uinta Basin. We will be digging into that intensely in just a short while. But tonight... We're going to kick off our shoes, don our favorite holiday-themed onesies, and probably have one too many bourbon insiders. So make yourself a beverage, get comfy, and come and hang out with me and longtime XV Planus family members Jill, Meg, and Alejandro, as well as special guests and frequent collaborators Crystal Einerson of the Empowered with Crystal E podcast and my sister from another mister, Corinne Labita from the Which Way From Here podcast. Greetings, friends and fiends, and welcome to the third annual XV Planets Winter Solstice Party. Hello, everybody. Thank you all for joining us uh, tonight in the house, and hopefully we're going to have some more joining us as this goes along. We have two XV Planets regulars. We have Jill and good old Alejandro, who we haven't had much on the show this year at all, so very glad to have you. And we have two very special guests that I've collaborated with multiple times throughout the course of this year, Crystal and Corinne. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Happy holidays, happy Krampusnacht, and happy and blessed Yule, or you know whatever you want to do. But I'm not saying Merry Christmas. That's just not my style. <laughs> <laughs> Good Yule. Uh, traditionally, this normally serves as the XV Planus season finale, but I am actually elbow deep in a four-part series regarding our trip to the Uinta Basin which Jill will hint at a little bit tonight, but we're not going to talk too much because we don't want to spoil it. So I figured I'd go ahead and do this and also give myself a break. And I mean, it's just a great opportunity to hang around with some amazing people that I have worked with this year. So again, thank you all for joining us. Now, uh, Crystal and Corinne, this is the first time you two have been on the main feed. So I'd like uh, to get a brief introduction from the both of you. And Crystal, we'll start with you since I've known you the longest. Okay, no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) All the pressure. All the pressure. And if you're feeling pressured, pour yourself a drink. This is a party. (laughs) 
This is true. Um, I am Crystal Einerson from upstate New York. I am the host of the podcast Empowered with Crystal E. Um, I do guided meditation, EFT tapping. Um, I do. Re I read tarot cards. I have a YouTube channel where I do like pick a card readings, which are kind of fun. And I also on the side with my husband do amateur paranormal investigating every once in a while. Yep. Yeah. And hopefully we're going to be able to actually have that collaboration this year and, and we can make that Gettysburg trip finally happen. That's yes. definitely on I'm the docket. I'm hoping for April, but we're willing to go more than once. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially since I'm going to be back in a stone's throw area for it. Oh, man, yes. you better believe it. And yep. then in this corner, we have Corinne Levita, my sister from another mister. This is now just an ongoing joke between us. Always a pleasure to have you, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great, my brother from another mother. I appreciate it. Um, uh, by the way, I went in on Gettysburg. Is it not kosher to invite myself? Because I'm going to. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. you're in. Have Have I gotten you on the Discord yet? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. I know I got you on Green Mushroom, but if I oh, haven't... Okay, I'll get you on our Discord, and that's where we do investigation planning, so that way you can be part of this conversation. Yes, please. I would Absolutely. love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Corinne, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, Corinne Labita. I'm out of uh, Columbus, Ohio. I am a, a professional energy clearer, and I so I help people in spaces deal with problematic uh, energies and and consciousnesses and entities and that kind of thing. And I help people release out of anything that is stagnating their forward progress, essentially. Uh, and then my podcast, Which Way From Here, is part me kicking it with my friends, having really cool conversations, and part me um, documenting my clearing cases, the weirder ones. And then now it's turned into something else altogether. <laughs> that has been really fun where uh, it's, you know, still me going or talking about places that I've gone to, but um, in a more theatrical way, I guess. So, yeah. Well, it's it, it's definitely a a huge turn from the first batch of episodes that you did, but it's really, really impressive. So anybody out there listening, definitely go check out both Crystal and Corinne's podcast. But uh, Corinne, seriously, like the the first part of your House Will series, like I'm again, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> and down here in the adorable uh, uh, holiday garb, we got Alejandro, uh, Brother, it is damn good to hear from you. It's it has been a while, and you have been very, very busy. And I would like to hear about uh, what's going on with leftover Stardust because it seems like you guys have really kind of kicked that off. Uh, well, uh, there, there's a blender going on in the background. Okay, hopefully that's okay. Hopefully it's done. <laughs> You're forgiven. I have all like sorts of toys to reduce <clears throat> background noise. You're good. <laughs> cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess just, you know, quick background on me. I've missed a lot of the XP Planet stuff this year, just unfortunate timings of a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, 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 definitely. You know, I'm uh, kind of into all sorts of different stuff, really kind of jack of all trades kind of stuff. I've added like six or seven things to my resume this year. Uh, all sorts of wacky stuff. Um, and then, yeah, Leftover Stardust. That is uh, 
my wife and I are uh, professional tarot readers, divination consultants, as we uh, bill ourselves. And then actually I have one of our business cards in my hat right here. Nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I so like we, that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So, uh, and we've definitely have been busy doing uh, local marketplaces in the Raleigh area all this year and stuff. We've got a, a very cool tent that we put a pop up and uh, decorate and everything. <clears throat> and it's been very fun. We started doing, uh, um, uh, we had our first uh, in-person uh, customers that booked through our website recently. Um, and that was really cool. Um, and then we started selling our magical crafts and stuff like that this year too. We've definitely gotten a few orders for that. So it's definitely been the, the last six months for sure have been <clears throat> a lot more uh, progress than previous times. So it's been really cool. For sure, it's for sure. uh, honestly, it's been kind of heartwarming to, to see you guys grow like in the last year. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you were just kind of kicking things off uh, right before I left the triangle and mm -hmm. you seem to have kind of snowballed. And I just want to say, I'm really happy for you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah, of course. And of course, we have my mentor, or at least I call you that, whether you want to take it or not. We got Jill. <laughs> Jill, always a pleasure it. to see you. Well, I, I mean, to be honest, pretty much uh, everything that I know about paranormal <clears throat> investigating has come from either my own research or from talking to you, and I've learned a lot from you, and I'm incredibly grateful for everything that you've brought to the table and taught me and uh, put up with. Uh, for me. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Yeah, we were, it, it was just kind of fate that brought us together. So it's, it's been a fun journey. It was. And Forrest, if you're out there listening, thank you for putting us into orbit with each other. Um, that was, it, it, I always love going back to this story uh, because it's, it still cracks me up. Whenever I really started to kick off on the paranormal investigation thing, I had become kind of friends with Scott and Forrest from Astonishing Legends. And I reached out to Forrest and I said, hey, man, do you have any, like, well-known or, or uh, experienced paranormal investigators you could put me in touch with? And uh, the, the first out of the first three names that he gives me, Jill was number one. And so I reach out to her and <clears throat> she took a chance by going to hang out in one of the country's most haunted houses with three weirdos that she had never met. And I am very grateful that you did. <laughs> Yep. Well, and I invited myself. So Corinne was saying, is it okay to invite yourself? I'm like, yeah, go for it. I invited myself. Yeah, because we were originally supposed to um, just do Waverly together. And we were sort of doing the preliminary for Waverly. And then you mentioned you were going to Sally House. And I was like, oh, man, I would really like to do that. And so, yeah, you invited me. And that was, yeah, that was soon, amazing. Yeah, as soon as you said that, I was like, just, <clears throat> just come. I mean, come on. <laughs> Which yeah, I'm really—that was, that was very cool. Was very yeah, yeah, I'm really, really glad that we did that because I, I'm, I'm with you in that line of thought that I don't think it's going to be around much longer. Um, the the place has fallen apart. It it really is. And after the last visit that you did with uh, Sonny and Meg, kind of seems like whatever is there is essentially like pulling the walls in on itself. It seemed that way. And and by the way, we're at the we're at the second anniversary of of you and Alejandro and and Walker going. And it's the first anniversary of when I led the female team there. And um because it's Mother's Night in the on the pagan calendar, this is Mother's Night. Yep. So, you know, kind of 
celebrating all the, you know, the goddess and the, and the feminine energy. Yeah. I, I think the place, well, any place that becomes a cash cow like that, whenever you have people who want to just suck the money out, that's what happens is there's plenty of money coming in. Believe me, it's getting really expensive to investigate there, but they're not, it doesn't seem to me that they're putting the money back into it. Yeah. Although I, I, I will give them a little bit of a break because they definitely they they charge a little bit less than most places. I mean, if if you look at the grand scope of it, I mean, well, no, I guess that's not right. Depending on how many people you mm -hmm. have, because you know they Waverly. changed it. They changed it. It's like per person. <clears throat> it's like three. It was like three fifty a person per night, something what? like that. They raised it to yeah. Oh dear God! Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's. Yeah, it's gone way up. Yeah, because um, yeah, I had booked it, and then, <laughs> and I and when I originally booked it for the four of us, I had just booked it with the two of us. So I told everybody, you know, this is how much it was going to be. And then when I when I went to get the codes, she said, "Now, how many people do you have?" Yeah, yeah, they've um, they've jacked it way up. So it probably, you know, if we if we go back, the McIntyre Villa across the street is actively doing investigations. And in fact, there's a big fundraiser I saw um, online. Their their heating went out, so they're they were trying to raise money, I think, to do a new furnace or some type of repair. So they're now back up and running. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, they're oh. doing investigations. I think I think they've been doing investigations since I would say at least since the summer, maybe. I think okay, they so kind of got on my radar and I don't think, uh, I don't think that it was on reasonable amount of money. I'll find out. So for, for those that are unfamiliar, uh, the McIntyre Villa is right across the street from the Sally house. And during the first investigation that we all did there, uh, we kept seeing weird stuff in the windows move around right across the street. And that place is also known for being haunted as fuck. So, um, we were a little bummed that we couldn't get into that. I'm really excited to hear that somebody bought it and did, or I, I heard that it got purchased, but nobody did anything with it for like a year and a half. So something like that, this is nice. Yeah. This is really exciting. And it's now, a beautiful I, building. It's an absolutely beautiful building. Oh, it's stunning. Yeah. I'm dying because I want to invite myself to that too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. You're on the calendar. Now, speaking of impressive buildings and haunted places, Corinne, um, we're, we're not going to go too far into it because I want people to go listen to your show and, and see the story unfold itself. But Corinne visited House of Wills earlier this year. Let's, yeah. can we touch on that just for a second without giving too much away? Yeah. Just like, do you want just like the history or like a quick, where, where is it? It's in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's <laughs> this place. Oh my goodness. It's going to be like, it's like my Moby Dick. I mean, I've, it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, uh, House of Wills is this 50,000 square foot property that was built as a German singing hall that then, uh, after 14 years, uh, was turned into a hospital for, uh, Hungarian refugees. And then, uh, it was, a uh, turned into, um, a Hebrew Institute and then finally, in the 40s, it was bought by this uh, gentleman named John Wills, who owned a bunch of um, funeral parlors 
and uh, black black owned funeral parlors and the housing authority had shut one of his funeral parlors down illegally. And he won an early discriminatory uh, lawsuit against them, got enough money to purchase uh, the old uh, German singing hall and turned it into the House of Wills. And it was the largest Black-owned funeral parlor in the state of Ohio. And it was just known for its ostentatious um, chapels and viewing rooms. And, like, there's these, like, amazing Egyptian room where he had, like, caskets lining with, like, all this, like, Egyptian-themed, like, stuff. And it it was just really extraordinary. But he was also this uh, one of the most important figures in black history in Cleveland because he was the um the president of the Cleveland chapter of the NAACP and the Negro Welfare so- Association and so like during time of segregation he was doing civil rights stuff so like the building matters like it is an important piece of history um but after he died the family uh didn't upkeep it because it's such a large property and it went into disrepair 2005, they shut the doors. City was slated to uh, uh, destroy it. And this gentleman named uh, Eric Freeman fell in love with the property and decided he wanted to buy it. And he's like, well, I've flipped houses. I'm going to single-handedly renovate this 50,000 square foot building that's been completely stripped of plumbing and electricity and... (laughs) I myself, I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> Faithful <To>, last words. <laughs> right. Uh, to his credit, he does now have electricity in there. There is some plumbing in there. Um, he's done some work. Uh, I think it's far larger than I think he understands, but he's he's trying. And so in order to fundraise, he allows tours in this space. Uh, so, yeah, so I got to go and it is uh definitely struggling this poor building but it's still like you can see why this gentleman has has um really fallen in love with it there like it's so it was um the architect was a 33 degree mason and the masons held ritual in there and then there's this one uh room in particular called the cloud room that like I stepped in there, I was like, oh, okay, so this is the ritual room, clearly. It just like screamed, like it just screamed that like, ritual happened here. Um, but yeah, so the but the building is just so filled with rot. And so um and, I know and it's got it's got some ugly kicking around in it energetically. Uh it's it was just it's fascinating. And it just there is this this simultaneous like something drawing me in and something trying to keep me as far away as possible and like i feel like the building itself is what's drawing me in and whatever is kicking around in that space is like get out um so yeah i've been talking to to flood being like hey so i'm gonna need to get back in there but i need to have a paranormal team join me uh yeah, <laughs> because this that uh, that building and I are not done with each other. <laughs> I might know a few Very people cool. 
who would be down for that? Okay, I'm inviting myself. I'm there you go. Exactly. <laughs> I'm willing to travel. <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. Perfect. I know. Since we're, like, we're, are we all tarot readers? Because I'm a, I'm also a professional tarot reader. I just haven't done it. As, are we all tarot? Readers? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, I read, I read tarot. Yeah, yep. not yeah. professionally, but. Yeah. That's uh, to be honest, it's a, it's a little bit low on my my skill set, but it is something that I do put a little bit of time in. But yeah, like all of us, I, I think, which mm. is awesome. That is uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also a second level Reiki and a professional organizer, and so because I started noticing, as you probably are well aware, <clears throat> so many cluttered spaces. You know, it's stagnant energy, and <clears throat> I would see so many hauntings and so many issues that people were having. And so I named my business Tidy Soul because there's such a connection between your mind, your body, the energy, your possessions, everything about your space. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Crystal, what about you? You've had a couple of interesting uh, events happen this year. I mean, aside from the podcast, you've done a couple of investigations yourself. Uh, did you yeah. have any that like really leapt out as a kind of a smack in the face, so to speak? Yes. Um, we went to the Dr. Best House and Medical Museum um, late September, early October. No, I don't know. This year flew by. Um, I think at the end of October, actually. And that was where whatever was in that house was really speaking to my husband, Michael, and kind of like, it's funny, but it's not. So he had been unemployed um, since June. And at that point, he still hadn't found a job. And so we had my phone. He had my phone, which has like the Avalis app. And he is so skeptical about that app. And I'm like, just let it run and see. And it it's it said something about unemployment. It said finance. And he had been working in finance. And just things were like really speaking to him about his life. And it, he's like, I hate that app, but I can't dismiss it anymore. Um, and then the other group that we were with, they were upstairs and we were down because I'm like, I need to just reset myself. So we're down in the kitchen and I heard a scream upstairs and I'm like, something happened. And one of the investigators wanted to take a painting that was in the house. And the uh, the curator was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. No one, you know, no one needs it. And they were recording an EVP. And at one point on the recorder, when they played it back, it said, um, it said something like, no, you can't. That's mine. Like clear as day. And that's when the curator screams and she comes downstairs and I'm like, something happened, didn't it? She's like, yeah, I need, I need to breathe. I'm like, tell me when you're all reset. But that was pretty interesting. Um, I did um, a couple of uh, investigations with my nephew, who's 12. And I'm like, I don't want to scare the crap out of this poor kid. But he has old, he has medical equipment. This kid's 12 going on like 70. <laughs> His antique collection is out of control. So he's like, all right, let's bring your equipment. And we set up little like light up cat balls around the equipment. And I have it on video. We are like stomping to try to get these cat balls to light up. Nothing happens. And, you know, we're just sitting there, we're talking and we were like, you know, can you make one of the cat balls light up? And it starts lighting up. And they have not lit up since. I've done a few investigations with them. And he even did an Estes 
session. This poor kid. And at one point on my Ovilus app, it says it said sudden. And then he hears sudden death. And he's like, I can't. I'm done. I'm done. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, Max. I'm like, I didn't mean I didn't want to scare you. But I mean, this kid is he's a straight up believer. And I cannot get those cat balls to light up anymore. Well, I don't you, like they light up. You shouldn't up. apologize for that. The kid is into it. You know, I would yeah. have <laughs> killed to have had adults in my life when I was that age because I still had an interest in this stuff when I was yeah. that young. I would have been all yeah. for it. <clears throat> yeah, <Yes>. and <laughs> and just like and I've been on the podcast with like my experience with my grandma and I am one hundred percent a believer after this year. Oh yeah. 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 Well, I think I have been for a few years at this point, but each year just seems to keep, you know, solidifying that belief. And I mean, we, we had quite a few earlier on in this year that were pretty amazing. You know, Jill, you and I got to go to a couple of spots in Indiana earlier this year, one of which was the infamous Whispers Estate, where we didn't get what I asked for. Like, I, I wanted... I wanted disembodied voices and I wanted apportation. I wanted it to steal my car keys or my wallet and then, you know, have it appear somewhere else in the house. Didn't get any of that. But what we did get was one of the weirdest visual events that I've ever seen. And that's when Meg and I were up on the second floor and we started to see what looked like Aurora Borealis kind of flowing through the shadows. And uh, my, I honestly... I think one of my favorite moments through the entire year is as this was going and I'm just sitting there going, wow, you hear Meg way over on the other side of the, the second floor going like, what's going on? And I just go, whatever you're showing me is beautiful. And I would really, really appreciate it if you would show it to my friend who's at the other end of that hallway. And then a few seconds later, you just hear Meg go, whoa, <laughs> I'm like, Yep. Okay, great. It's not just me. So that was it sort of were you seeing some kind of an energy, um, like an aura sort of display? Uh the best the best way that I can describe it is it it looked like it looked like Aurora Borealis, but flowing in one direction from ceiling down, and then it would occasionally kind of wash up against the walls. Um it was very focused in blues, greens, and purples. Um, it was not bright by any way, shape, or form. No, like uh, it, it was one of those things that as I'm watching it, I'm like, is, it, is this just my eyes like struggling to deal with the darkness? I have to give myself the benefit of the doubt there and, and you know, call myself out, which is why I asked, like, show it to my friend. And then Meg says, wow. And I say, I want you to describe to me what you're seeing. And she says, Aurora Borealis in a river. And I'm like, Cool. Awesome. I mean, because that's what, you know, that's kind of what auras look like around people, just, you know, in a much more shrunken down. Which is not something that I've ever personally seen with my own eyes. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't really think that I have an appropriate uh, comparison to give, but I mean, it's kind of what I would imagine in order to look like. Right. That's kind of what I would imagine as well. Man, I wish I had seen it. Well, I mean, we can always go back. That place is super cheap, and I, I really, really would like to go back and support them and do like another two to three night <laughs> investigation to that place, but preferably three at this point, because I think the longer that you stay in a location, the more comfortable it gets with you. 
But um, Whisper's estate in particular, I find really fascinating. And Corinne, I think it was you that I was talking uh, with about this. It seems like it's a way station. It, It seems like it's a place that things are passing in and out. I'm not really sure that there is anything that's actually anchored there, or at least I didn't experience it. Um, I think kind of the group's feeling by the end of that investigation was that a lot of what we were, uh, what the the house experiences might be coming from the funeral home right on the next block. It's just kind of attracted to pass through, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the little girl is there all the time because I I heard her when I was upstairs laying on the bed by myself. I heard her you know, kind of making little noises off to the side and, you know, kind of responding to me. I think she's probably the only permanent fixture there. Why is there always a little girl? There There's is- always a little oh, girl. It's oh. all the tropes. There's all the tropes, all the tropes. But what's interesting about this one in particular is, is that it's not just a trope. It's historic fact. Like there's actual documents. Yes, this one they actually this. have linked to a historic little girl unlike, you know, Sally House. Yeah, it's which is absolute horseshit. I'm just going to go ahead and, and call it right there. There is no Sally there. Whatever is there, it wears many, many masks. Um, yes. But the little girl from uh, from Whispers, yeah, that that's legitimate. She, uh, the 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 short version of it, if you haven't heard the story, is this this poor girl decided to sneak downstairs late on Christmas Eve and kind of poke around the Christmas tree, look at the presents holding a candle sets the whole place on fire, including herself. And you can still see the scarring of the fire, uh, up in the, the main living room. And she, yeah, the pocket door, when you pull the pocket door out, it's all still charred. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh. She, uh, yeah, she, she went up on flames and died. She was there for a couple of days afterwards. Like mm-hmm. she, she survived that, but yeah, passed in the house about two or three days later. And, um, yeah, I, I would say that she's probably there. And now that you mention it, some of the activity that we were getting in her room, while it, I, like, I didn't hear any disembodied voices or anything, there was definitely a lot of activity going on in her room, which was pretty fascinating. Well, and you're, you make a good point because the, you know, the cemetery in Mitchell is huge because you see it when you first come into town. And I do wonder how many people in the cemetery, actually the last human live human they saw was probably the doctor that was working out of his office there. So yeah, the doctor kind of may have helped, you know, facilitate some of these people's crossings and passings. Mm. I do think he's there. Not all the time, but I think he's there. Maybe brought back by work, that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. No, it's a weird place. It really is. Although, all right, so that place might be weird. I really want to go back to Rhodes Hotel. Oh my God, I am in love with this place. I really, really am. And um, out of all the places that I've been to, that place wants to party with the living. I don't know how else to put it. It it really, really does. Like It lights up when people come in and it starts interacting with it. It wants to be discussed. It wants to be interacted with, and it it will it will poke a finger in your ribs as a joke, not to scare you, but just to be like, hey, hey, 
I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm bummed I didn't get to go out there with you guys. I <clears throat> I avoided COVID for three years, and then I get it like the week before that trip was supposed to happen, and you guys hit up those two different places. I was so bummed. Oh. Well, we were bummed that you couldn't come. I know. Like, yeah, definitely. Terrible but timing. Rest assured, my friend, honestly, I look at both of those visits as kind of a recon. Um, now now I know what we're dealing with in those two locations. Now I know how to approach it when we go back. Uh, but, man, Rhodes Hotel, seriously, that is a place I would love to do like a New Year's Eve investigation. Mm. Really turn it into like a party. I would put That's on tough. my three-piece suit Pour us all some champagne with Mike's permission, and uh, yeah, like I, because the the place genuinely reacts to joy and happiness. Like if you walk, yeah, in there I would do like there. yeah, do like a nineteen forties New Year New Year's Eve bash, mm. you know, with the elegant gowns and yeah, lots of booze. That would that place would really crank. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Get a couple of poker games going on in the back. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of fist fights. <laughs> Megan was the one that got the bloody nose there. That's and that's didn't true. I walk? I, I think I, we may have talked about this in the episode. Like as soon as I walked in, I just I just tasted like blood in my mouth. It's like I, I think there were a few brawls in that place too. Yeah, you did mention that. Um, mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, got to experience my first first uh, ghost girlfriend, which was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Never had a spirit lay down in bed next to me before. That was that was weird. But also at the same time, it was just like, I mean, look, you can stay, but I seriously need to get some sleep, okay? That's like, we got a long drive tomorrow, but you're welcome to hang out. And uh, what, what was her name? Sarah, I think it was? I think that's what you said, yeah. Yeah. In listening to that episode. Yeah. That was wild. <laughs> What we should, you know, thinking back, what we should have done there, um, <clears throat> I had investigated the Hacienda Hotel down here, and that was known for some of its brothel activity. And uh, I was laying $20 bills out on the bed and putting a K2 on top of them. And I was getting crazy K2 hits because I was like, girls, okay, come here, come get your money. Yep. Yeah, you told me about that. That's... And they will, they will, they will like go reach for the reach for the money and set off the K two. Holy crap! Now it makes sense because uh, I remember you telling me that, and I left all of my cash sitting on the nightstand when I stayed at the um, when I stayed at uh, Rhodes Hotel. Oh my god! Now it all makes sense. That's okay. why she was like, <laughs> yeah. "You have the cash sitting out. That's how you get somebody to come climb in bed with you. You showed them the cash." <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep. No, I set myself up for that, and I got exactly what I, I set out to do. However, Sarah was also interacting with me with the second or the third Estes session we were doing that night, so I think she already had her eyes set on me um, for whatever reason. But that was interesting. Like I've never actually to feel something slide into bed with you, but you reach back behind you, and there's nothing there. I mean, that's that's one for the record books for me. Like I'm still reconciling that. It's like, sure. This is the life that I live now. That's fine. But I can't explain it. That's not that. That hasn't been on my bingo card yet. So (laughs) being the spooky little spoon, right? Oh, that is a t-shirt in the making right there. 
I'll be your spooky, spooky little spoon. <laughs> I will be selling at least a limited run of those at Monster Fest 2024. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of which, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, as as some of you know, I already have a booth set up for that one. Um, Jill, are you, you're returning for that as well? Yep. And Corinne, I know for you're sure. coming, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be hanging out with you at your booth the whole time. <laughs> well, we've got I got that investigation set up. I'm waiting to hear back on that. So, um, okay, yeah, so which, I got which an investigation. We, huh? Which one are we going for then? We're going for several, but the one that is almost completely in the works is investigating the Palace Theater after the film festival. Yes. yes. Inviting yourself. With Spectre. It's Spectre Paranormal is the is the group that's officially um yeah, I guess collaborating with you know the historical society. So he needs to get all the clearance on that. And then they're still waiting to see when we will be able to start because there's, you know, with the film festival, and I think they're doing like a meet and greet afterwards. So we might not be able to get, you know, started until like 11 or so. And then um, Joe, who usually does the investigations, he's setting up a booth over at Monster Fest. And so he's like struggling to try to get somebody to help him. Um, Because he said that uh, it isn't a matter, you know, I told him we're all experienced investigators. It's it's more a matter of, you know, protecting the theater and also keeping the drunks from wandering in off of the street. Because I guess all kinds of crazy things happen downtown. So when they get that all set up, I'll, I'll get a pay link. Um, ideally we'd like to do 20, but I think we will open it up to 30. Um, I'm fine with 30 because I think, you know, we're, we're a bunch of professionals and people won't be screaming and yelling at each other across this very large echo chamber that the theater is. So, yeah. So we're doing that. Um, I'm still working on, we just made very slight introductions with the Saxon house, which is that historical mansion that's directly across the street. They have never, ever let paranormal investigators in. Yeah. I'm going to let you handle that. <laughs> you just keep us posted. Oh my God. I stared at that, that building the entire time. Didn't you? There's something up, at the, up on that lanai, that one porch, that one open porch. There's something on that porch. Yeah. I stared at it all night and so many of us did. Yeah. Like I could I, not I was, eyes off of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so, you know, you know, historical societies, they kind of don't want to think about all that. So we're saying, well, you know, if we could just make it, you know, maybe an after dark tour just to be able to walk through the place, you know, just, you know, privately. So we'll see. Fingers crossed for that. Yeah. And then we're still waiting to see if anybody wants to do prospect place on uh, probably like Sunday night or Monday night. That's in Trinway, Ohio. I mean, so, I'm, I'm definitely down. You know that. All right. So I don't know if Sunday night would be like really pushing it for everybody or if we want to do it to Monday, but. I think I'm going to be sticking with a relatively flexible schedule for the first six months after I return okay. uh, to North Carolina. I'm I'm still essentially waiting on my old company to give me the call back and say like, hey, we have a spot for you. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen until the fall semester. So. That gives me a lot of flexibility for the summer. Uh, so, 
yeah, whatever, whatever works. Okay, can make cool. That happen. So, if, you know, so in other words, we're, we're not sleeping. We will not be sleeping for the entire weekend, which is what we did last year. And it was fun. I mean, I don't anyway. So it's kind of par for the course for me. <laughs> yeah. Although it's interesting now that I can't drink caffeine anymore. So <laughs> well, that sucks. Yeah. Well, probably all for the better. Uh, Crystal, open invite if you would care to come and join us uh, you and Michael care, care to come and join us down at uh, Monster Fest I gotta admit it was a delightful little convention not what you would get from the larger ones it's still very very small scale so you get a lot of time to speak to the people that are there um, what what a wonderful crowd seriously like the whole oh crowd yeah I wondered what it was. I was thinking about it today and I'm like, I'd like to go, but I will be completely honest with you guys. Pretty much any movie will put me to sleep. So I'm like, if it's a whole thing of just movies, I will not function well there. <laughs> no, no, they just, they okay. just, there's just one movie on Friday night. Okay. All and right. then, and then during the day is just speakers and, and the vendors. And then that's it really. All the rest was just what we all, you know, added to it awesome yeah. okay. okay and i i will be doing at least a couple of uh live podcast recordings while we're there even though i'm not on the docket to do that for the festival i'm gonna be setting myself up and kind of like when i'm not at the booth i'm gonna be setting up the mics and being like you got a story come on over and share it that type of thing Very um cool. yeah it was it was truly a delightful time. Um, one of the best times that I've had in a large public setting like that in a very long time. And I think, in part, it was because it wasn't so oversaturated. Um, Seth Breedlove and Small Town Monsters do great work, and they're still a very very small company. So this is it attracts people who really really love this stuff. Yeah, it was a good time. And the hotel is haunted. So pro tip, everybody asked for the fourth floor this year. <laughs> that was the other thing I was going to mention, or the basement as well. I'm going to reach out to them ahead of time and say like, hey, we're already staying there. I'm a vendor at the festival. We were wondering if we might be able to get access to the basement kind of as a backup. So if we can't get into one or the other of the places, maybe we can get access to the basement and set things up there. Because apparently it was supposed to be very active down there. Oh, it is. Yeah. The, the night security guard took us down there. He, he gave us a huge tour all the way around the whole building. So mm -hmm. the, the reason that the reason that that is haunted is that it occupies most of its foundation is, was a former opera house. Really? So it, yes. The, the haunting activity I believe is residual huh. from the opera house. Now, when we went down in the basement, there's one corner that Bree and I both decided we don't know what happened there, but it was it's it's icky. There's one corner that felt really icky. Um, I interviewed several of the engineers. They will not go down there alone at night. Really? There's yeah. There's several of them that actually have their desks in their office down there. They don't like being down there alone. They've seen things. They they do not like to be down there. 
I find that's hotels in general because they're mm-hmm. liminal spaces. Like you have so many people in and out. Like you, I don't think there's such thing as a non-haunted hotel at this point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, completely. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Or and, a non-haunted um, theater for that matter. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, in the... Um, yeah, the, the front desk uh, girl that I spoke to, she said, now, I mean, you all know that, you know, the, the elevators, you have to have a key to operate the elevators. And she said, those elevators run themselves all the time. She said, they're always going up and down and doors are always opening and they hear them ding and there's nobody there. Oh, I'm in. I am so <laughs> on for this. Is it, does this mean that this is the perfect place to play the elevator game and see what happens? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, Corinne, I wonder if we should all maybe think about getting into the House of Wills. I would love that. I would love that. Um, So there's so many interesting things happening in that space. What was most interesting to me, and I'm going to be talking about in my second episode when I don't don't even want to think about it. I just got that first one out. It took me a month and a half. Um. What was most interesting to me, so again, I'm a professional clear. I go into spaces all the time. I like I go in, I'm highly attuned. When I walked into House of Wills, it was if as if someone put a dampening on the entire space. Like I couldn't feel anything in that space. That makes zero sense. Is that a dangerous part of Cleveland where it's located? It, yeah, it's not great. It's not it's, terrible. But it's it's definitely Cleveland. Not great. So it's all <laughs> yeah, dangerous. It Cleveland, so. <laughs> it's 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 definitely, I mean, it's not it's definitely not a great neighborhood. It's gotten a little bit better, but like gunshots for sure. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, yeah, I, I honestly, I can't tell you, like, I think I've lived in one place in the last eight years where I didn't at least hear one gunshot <laughs> going off in, Latin, like, one week. Way more down here. Holy crap, this place is vibrant. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, If, Jill, I know I mentioned this to you, but I did the research on it. If you look at violent crimes per, per population in square mile area, this is, like, the number five most violent city in America. Oh, yeah. Well, and the, and there's a reason for that, right? I mean, like is attracted to like. So we have these places that just have that ick, that that darkness there. That's what it brings out in the living beings that are there. I would like to point out the absolute humor that as soon as I cued that, we just heard sirens going off. I'm not sure where that was coming. It's me. From. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Florida. The ambulances run 24-7. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how are things going over there in uh, Florida right now? Like, You, you guys didn't get too uh, hit too hard by that last storm that passed through, did you? Um, I, I, I'm in Palm Harbor outside of Tampa. I, I was fine. It just it rained and it was super windy. Um, there was a lot of flooding in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, Gulfport flooded. Yeah, there were some areas that got hit hit pretty hard. A lot of flooding, um, both you know, salt water and and fresh water, and, uh, and it was kind of sad because one of the areas that got hit the hardest, they were still still cleaning up after the last hurricane. 
Oh, wow. And they got hit again. And uh, no bueno. it's the joy of Florida, you know, it being at 20 feet above sea level or whatever. If you're not dealing with the weather, you're dealing with the Florida man. So, <laughs> Or alligators. It's always alligators. But they're so tasty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you do them right. you got to marinate them, though. Very, very dry. So um, throughout the course of this year, you know, we did a lot of investigations. And uh, Alejandro, I, I, I want to dive into one that you were there to, to be for um, just for a few minutes here. Wake Forest. Walker set this up. He and he managed to get the the team of the Spirits of Wake Forest to kind of let us in and be the first paranormal investigators ever to come and investigate like a multitude of locations. Apparently, the whole stretch of Wake Forest, North Carolina, especially the downtown area, is very, very active, very, very haunted. I think I can vouch for that. Uh, there was a lot of interesting activity going on. And this is going to be something that we're going to be touching on again next year. Because once I get back to North Carolina, we're going to have steady and constant access to the place. So we're going to start setting up the triangle team. Sonny's going to take the lead on that. And hopefully I'm going to be over on a regular basis. I'll be in Asheville for a little while when I first get back to the state. Probably make my way back over to the triangle before too long. But that was a really interesting place. And it's another one of those that... Certainly seems active, but it doesn't seem too dark or heavy. Would you agree with that? I would say so. Yeah, definitely. Especially compared to the other places that I've gone, <clears throat> you know, with you guys and everything. Yeah, no, that definitely wasn't as uh, shadowy, I guess. Yeah, no shadow entities, thankfully. Um, but there are some pretty amazing things that happen. And I, I did manage to track down the video that we were recording in the basement of uh, Broadsides and Brews where we hear this massive thump, like or more like a slam. Sounded like somebody dropped 200 pounds of concrete bags right on the floor right above us. And uh, I sent a text to you guys, and like, anybody on the ground floor right now? And everybody's like, no, we're all up on the floor. No, no, we were all just sitting on the floor up in the upper, upper halls. Yeah. So that's going to be a fun one to get back into. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in that stretch. And most of it, I would consider it to be pretty passive and pretty lighthearted. But whatever is going on at that depot and mm-hmm. that stretch of train track right next to it. Right. Which I I mentioned to our, our guides that I had a really weird, funny feeling about it. Come to find out three major train wrecks have happened at the exact same spot right mm-hmm. next to that four-story building over the course of 50 years. And I think like over 40 or 50 people have uh, yeah. lost their lives from them. So that place is thick. But the rest mm-hmm. of Wake Forest, delightful. Kind of reminds me a lot of Rhodes Hotel. It's the type of place that you can go and interact with them and they'll come out and be like, oh, hey, what's going on? How you doing? Yeah. Not everything is super spooky, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, that whole, just bouncing around that whole street, I mean, they, every place that we went to had such a unique feel to it. Um, Broadside was cool, and then that was the first time I'd, I had, I had led my own little group of the people up there. That was, that was fun <clears throat> to be the uh, experienced one out of that, that group up there on the second floor. Um, 
You leveled up. And yeah. <laughs> um I think it was I think it was Libby that was under the headphones for the Estes session and she was really, really good at that. And that had like this whole sequence of of like someone being there and and it was I think I think Sunny had something similar that she mentioned from a different investigation, but it was like literally like walking this spirit through the whole crossing over process. It was wild. Like literally um, like I'm asking questions and stuff like that. And the um, like the things that are coming through, um, you know, I'm pretty sure it was Libby um, from the S to session and everything was just building this whole, narrative of this person's spirit like in a like an old truck essentially and trying to like make this journey this highway journey up up a mountain and everything to the light and that kind of you know um that kind of thing uh and that was really really neat because some of the stuff that um you know came through the estes session was just completely in response to something that i had asked that one of the other people had asked um, we heard a knock on the outside of the window at one point, uh, which this is up on like the second or third floor. <laughs> so it's not like anyone's out there, you know, knocking on the window and, uh, in person. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, that was just that one place at the, I think it was the, uh, was it the, the cotton processing plant? Is that what that was across the street? Yes. And I cannot remember the name of what the business is now, but it used mm-hmm. to be, yeah, it's, it's where they would process the cotton and throw the bales of it onto the train, which is mm-hmm. leveled up behind it. So it would, uh, you know, second floor of the, the place was the packaging plant. And then, yeah, they shove it onto the train and the train keeps going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like an art gallery slash gift shop kind of thing. This whole stretch of the ground floor there. Um, and that one, I was under the headphones for the Estes session for a good while. And I just, I kept hearing someone whistling for a dog and there were like dog related things that were coming through um, on the Estes session. And it was like, it was, it was so in like all of these different places had something unique about it. Um, As far as like the responses and everything there, Uh, the train depot when I was um, under the headphones too, for that place, I got like a huge list of names um different names and then you know finding out that a whole bunch of people had you know been killed in the crashes and stuff like that it just kind of seemed to line up a bit not that we verified any of the names or anything but just getting just a whole slew of names was definitely something for it yeah jill once we uh once we once i get back to north carolina and and kind of kick that back up again um they they want me to kind of be resident investigator there so i'll have pretty much steady access to it um anytime that you come up i would love to get your thoughts on these locations they're they're all pretty amazing and you know invite to everybody else as well if you find yourself over in that neck of the woods we can probably make things happen um it's definitely a unique place and i i feel like it's a great opportunity because it it's been untouched and unsoiled by other people coming in there. So nobody's brought their, ooh, it's a demon, Zach Baggins type of horse shit 
guy. <laughs> so it's a, like having access to a place like that who that's been untouched by people tracking mud in on their shoes. It's delightful. Like I've never had an experience like that. There's there's nothing there other than what's there. You know, nobody has dragged their drama into it. We have no uh, egregore type of stuff going on. It's simple, but it's active. And it does want to interact. Those are amazing places when you can find them. There were a few in Indiana that used to be like that, that I was like one of the first, you know, people to get into. And it was like that. It was just really happy. It would be more, you know, the old ladies, you know, sitting in a rocking chair on the, you know, on the porch, just kind of real low key, just a presence still being there. And then going back, you know, after about six months or a year of, you know, being open to every single, you know, team nonstop, pretty soon there's some, there's some pretty yucky stuff there. Yeah. And um, that was Black Moon Manor was like that. And so was um, Revenant Acres. Revenant Acres. Those are both now. Revenant Acres. It was out in Charlottesville, Indiana. It's now torn down. Yeah. Was that the place you were looking at for a while? Of- uh, no, no. I was looking at there's um, an old school uh, built in 1906 that is in uh, Graysville, Indiana. And it's the owner won't let go of it. You know, he he said he wanted to sell it, you know, so I went to look at it. You know, I, I got the tour. You know, he said, oh, I'm going to clean it up a little bit. Well, we went in there and it had, he had not cleaned it up and he's got a whole colony of raccoons living in there and there are raccoon feces probably about six inches thick which is a is a very dangerous biohazard by the way no really um you know and i i told him i said you know i said this needs a lot of cleaning oh yeah yeah i'll clean it you know and i i sat down with him and you know he was completely unaware of you know people pay money to do paranormal investigations i said I know it sounds insane, but yes, people will pay to come and sit in, you know, your cold, dark building with no electricity, you know, no heat, no air conditioning. They'll pay good money to do that, but it it has to be safe. You you can't have biohazards like that. And um, and so I interacted with him for several months. I went back and forth and I had reached out to um, some former connections that I had at Indiana Landmarks and, and talked to some of the, you know, the historical, you know, renovation people there. And they said that, you know, there was money available. Um, there was a school, there was another school across the the way, and they had gotten millions of dollars to redo all of their, their mortar, redo all their brickwork. And they had offered you know, to do his building as well. And he declined. He had some idea that, you know, they would tell him what to do with the building. And so he, he didn't do that. And the, the building's going to come down. I mean, nothing's being done. You know, you start seeing it in the foundation, you know, you're, you're getting that stair stepping throughout all the mortar. Um, there's a huge flock of, of birds that are living in the chimney. I mean, it's, it's, it's just going to come down. It's a matter of time. Yeah. Um, but it was a former Masonic. It was a former Masonic lodge. No, oh, really? I take it, back. I'd, it was an odd. Yeah, it was a, I take it back. It was an uh, odd fellows lodge. It was a okay. school. And then the upstairs had been used by the odd fellows. 
I mean, I, I didn't get to spend enough time in there. I mean, just it, you know, it feels like there might be some activity there, but you know, it wasn't even a safe enough place that we could really, um, you know, get a handle on it just to want to be in there, you know, any longer. And then, um, I eventually decided that that was just, that had way too much liability. And, you know, there, there are a lot of real intrepid investigators that, you know, get the dumpsters and, you know, start hauling everything out and cleaning out these places. Like, you know, a lot of people, you know, Waverly, that's how Waverly was, you know, in the early, early days, you know, people would volunteer and go down there and just help shovel to shovel the hallways clear and, and well, get which, the, you know, get the dumpsters the loaded time. up. Right. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, people do that, you know, they're, that's the great thing about investigators is, you know, you find a, a good historical place like that. People are willing to do the work and, and then help bring the money in to, you know, kind of shore it up. Um, the Roth mansion uh, in Wasika, is it uh, Illinois? The Wasika wonder. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's a perfect, that's a perfect example Uh, you know, you had owners that came in, they knew what they were doing, you know, they formed, you know, a non-for-profit, they got good board members, they got the tax credits, they set everything up, people paid to do investigations, the money went right back into the house, and the house is absolutely beautiful. Now, that's, that's the way it should work. And and I love to see that when that happens. Um, it will same with roads, you know, Mike has done such a great job because he did the same thing. You know, you form a not for profit, you reach out to the paranormal community, you know, people have this real love of the building and, and they're able to save it. So I love to see places like that, that are saved, but in a lot of cases, like I said, it, they can just be cash cows. And in these two places that I used to hunt all the time was black moon manor, which it, it, it had made it onto uh, ghost adventurers with Zach. And in uh, Revenant Acres, and I think Revenant Acres was just starting to get um, some like TV shows and other people interested in it. And uh, in, in both cases, they were not owned by the people who were running the paranormal investigations. They were just running the building and the owners decided that it was too much liability for them and they were torn down. That that concept of like, if you know, you you do the paranormal investigations, you put the money back into the places. This is something that I was trying to implement during my brief time down here in the South. But my God, the red tape with this town between the historical society, the garden club and all of these, these, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say a crusty old white people who are desperate to hold on to their last little bit of power while they're still alive which is what's happening with this town is what is eventually going to kill this town is they won't allow anything new to come in. And I tried to spearhead that I wanted to get this idea in their head because even though this place is toxic for me, this place is a gold mine for paranormal investigation. It really mm-hmm. is truly whole town left, right, front, back, North, South, East, West, this whole place is thick with it. But they just, they won't dive into it. Instead, they'd rather try to focus on the dying Southern pilgrimage routine that they've done for the last 60 years, which nobody's interested in anymore. Well, and and yeah, and you'll, I mean, you see that a lot throughout the South. I mean, you'll see that in North Carolina. Like if you've ever been to New Bern, have you ever been to New Bern, North Carolina? No. It's, um, it's north of Wilmington there. There's a, there's a fort there. 
so you know little inlet kind of river town it's incredible it's this artsy thriving you know art and wine and it's wonderful there's there's buildings there that are now worth uh, millions of dollars that used to be warehouses well, if you contrast that with a little town like Aden, North Carolina, where one of my high school friends bought, he bought a warehouse, basically. He bought this huge warehouse and he's an artist. He was um, a professor at the college and his dream was to renovate it, which he did into upstairs living with downstairs to do, you know, his, his gallery, to do his studio, to do all that. And he constantly fought the local establishment they fought and they fought and they fought and they said that you can't live it's in a place that's been you know zoned commercial it's he just he just fought and fought and fought and he basically you know gave up he ended up pretty much you know he lives there he pretty much denied them um but you know, it never, the whole area never flourished. I mean, they have a big barbecue festival every year, but it did not become this artsy little, you know, quaint little town like New Bern did simply because people didn't want change. Wasn't, no, that wasn't North Carolina. No, I'm thinking of something else. New Bern wasn't one of the places where a spiritualist camp was set up, was it? Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Which is a topic you and I definitely need to touch back on I know, on I'm going to look into that, yeah. Because uh, I, I try to keep track of all those. I still want to go back to Casadaga after what happened there with you and me this, like, pretty much almost a year ago. It was in January of this year. Oh my god, that place is just... Duh. Have you guys been you to Lilydale? Huh? I'm sorry? You've been to Lilydale? I was, yeah. I Yeah. My 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 best boyfriend trained at Lilydale. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time at Lilydale because that's right near where I went to college. Yeah, yeah. But, but Casadega, you feel it when you step out of the car. It, it's it's like Lilydale on steroids. When uh when I when we stepped out of the car, we didn't even make it inside the main hotel mm-hmm. before. Like I was sitting there, kind of shaking, and I I I looked at Jill and I'm like. Do you feel that? And at this point, tears are already rolling down my face. Like, it was so overpowering. It felt like I stepped on, like, it felt like the earth beneath my feet was shaking from the second I... It's because there's, yeah, there's there's four vortexes there. There's a huge influx of water lines coming in there. There's a lot. Yeah, there's like four vortexes, like, right there. And the vortexes there were first, and then they, they built the... They built the spiritualist community on top of it. Yeah, come on down. Come on down. I say I freaking love the spiritualist history. I feel like it's such an it's fascinating that it was suppressed and that Mm -hmm. like oh oh my gosh. I like I'm oh I'm on board. I'm inviting myself again. (laughs) Come on down. I got a spare room. Do it. Oh hey, there welcome back, Alejandro. And we got Meg. There she is. Thought I muted it before I started hacking up along there. Sorry. Oh, I feel you. I've I've been trying not to cough. I'm still getting over this. So, Meg, uh, for 
recap. You already know Corinne from uh, uh, Monster Fest. Up above mm-hmm. you, or at least on Hi. my screen, up above you is Crystal, who I've uh, collaborated with numerous times at this point. And I'm pretty sure you know everybody else, including this delightful little fellow with the elf hat and the only one who's Hi. truly dressed festive. I know Crystal, but I don't know Crystal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wore my festive shirt. This counts, Yes, right? you did. I love it. Oh, nice. Okay. Awesome. The burned bridge. <laughs> God damn. Good. Good I'm glad that got a laugh year. out of you. Always comes in swinging with the dark humor. I love it. Hey, we're all going to die, and I intend to deserve it. <laughs> Yes, our humor is this dark most of the time. You should hear us when we're on road trips together. It gets, we would be canceled for most of the things that, that we talk about, to be honest. Well, you know, Megan, Megan and I did a road trip this year. You know, we went to the West Virginia Paracon. And we, talk about dark humor. We it was so going, much fun. It was a blast. And we, yeah, we visited the Flatwood uh, Monster Museum. Oh, God, I got to go. Very I really cool. Do. Blood. Yeah, I still and, have um, my poster sitting over there. Uh, yeah, I have my I have my poster. Yeah, yeah, we we had yeah we had a blast. Lots of dark humor. Um, we started investigating um, industrial accidents. <laughs> <laughs> so we're driving down the state route in West Virginia, and I'm just like, oh, what? we passed these like weird, there was like coal depots on the Ohio River. So I pull up a map and I'm like pulling them up. And every time we pass one, it was like, oh, the largest industrial accident in the United States up till 1967, like whatever. Like one of them like was a uh, one of the tallest um, cooling towers in the United States that collapsed and killed like 60 people. Another one was like a coal, t- like a coal um, depot and that caught fire and killed like 30 people. Like every time we pass one, I'm like wikipedia these because they all have like um they're all like by mile marker names on the Ohio River. So I'm just like googling it and it's just like every it was like every 10 miles or something. It was like largest mine disaster, largest cooling tower collapse like one right after the other. It it started becoming like punch bug. I'd be like, "Okay, how many people died here?" <laughs> and I'm like seriously googling. <laughs> Like, okay, do you think the tower fell on them or do you think it burned? Or was it perhaps exploding for, for 200? Yeah. Delightfully morbid sense of humor, which is why I love you all so much. <clears throat> it was it was excellent. That was a good road trip. It was most excellent. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Megan didn't get to investigate the penitentiary there. But that was that was an incredible investigation. I'd love to go back there with you guys too. Which one? I did uh, get Pinhurst? to eat a lunchable. It's there's t- there's two of them in West Virginia. This is the West Virginia Penitentiary, not to be confused with the Trans Allegheny Asylum, which is also on my list. That's the one Jennifer really wants to do too. So, which ones are you talking about then? I've done. I I did the West Virginia Penitentiary. I'd like to go back and do that again. That one was built in the 1800s, and there's portions of it that are original. And then uh, Trans Allegheny is is the large, you know, Gothic uh, asylum. It's a couple of hours away. So those are all on my list. But one that's very, very much like pretty high up on my list is St. Albans. 
But the oh, yeah, stuff yeah. about that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've forgotten about that. But the thing is, when it comes to St. Albans, and this is probably going to take like another year of preparation and planning for this, is that I want to do Waverly Hills and then immediately go to St. Albans afterwards because of the crossover from Shadow Eyes. Well, and you need to come down to Lutz, Florida again, too. We need to. Yeah, I do. Connect I do. with You need to connect with his energy, I think, and then do that. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm... I, I, I'm still really, really intent on leaving him be like that. That that man needs his peace as much as I want to corner him and I want to talk to him. He's made it abundantly clear that he just wants to be left yeah. alone, and I intend to honor that. So that's good. Yeah, I want to do an ask the session at Coral Castle. Yes, yes, yes. yes. A thousand times. Yes, I'm Florida telling you, trip. you guys need to. Oh, you guys need to come down. This is this is when Florida is nice. I mean, it's fifty degrees. And we're all freezing here, but it's perfect. <laughs> I'll plan on it that was, for next winter. I mean, it's winter. fifty yeah, degrees up here too. It'll be yeah, it'll be up to sixty soon, and uh, the humidity is what I have to watch out for. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I was just there too. I saw I saw iguanas for the first time, and like just out there. <laughs> Did any of them fall out of the tree onto you? No, but they like three of them just emerged from like a single bush. And it was just like, oh, hey, look at that. First time what that I went. Of, what part of Florida did you go to? Uh, we went, to, we stayed on uh, Key Largo. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they're, they're kind of a little more south than me. Why don't we go? <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <clat> 90 miles from Cuba, which is pretty cool. Bermuda. Yeah. Bahama, Did you get your picture Bahama, taken by the big marker? Uh, we weren't next to that spot, but like we were on, you know, a different part of the island and everything. Yeah. But definitely good, good handful of photos next to the danger alligators. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, you were probably not that far away from the Coral Castle because that's that's out. It's about an hour outside of Miami, I think. Yeah, Coral Castle. That sounds very fun. What is Coral Castle? Um, it's this structure that was built single-handedly by this one gentleman with these huge blocks of coral stone and he won't tell anyone how he did it no one knows how he did it or how he moved them isn't he yes how he he died yes he he did pass away he built it as a monument to the love that he lost he Mm -hmm. built it because he was completely obsessed with this one woman that, that got away from him and he built this as a monument to like a, a, a way to show how dedicated that he is to her, but she still wouldn't take him back, even though she came down to visit, which shattered his psyche as uh, soon as she left without accepting this. But what's really, really interesting about this, like we're talking about massive structures with the weight of the bricks of the Great Pyramid. Like it is, tons. it's, yeah, it's that heavy. Yeah, tons. And, I think my favorite part of the story is, so at, at one point, well, where is it located now, Jill? Coral Castle? Yeah. Um, it's in the southern part of the state. It is, it, I think it's about three hours south from me. So it's probably a couple hours outside. It's in of, Leisure City, Florida. Homestead, Florida. Okay. So no, no, Leisure City. I I see. Okay, yeah, Leisure City, Margaritaville. 
Well, which is yeah, close it's, to Homestead. It's, it's, All right. Yeah, it's south four, of Miami. It's four, it's four, yeah, it's four and a half hours south of me. So it's, yeah. But it's, the thing is, it wasn't originally Tip. located there. It was located somewhere closer to like Pensacola. And at one point, he decided to move this little, uh, I don't know, art display that he had done. He hires a guy to come and help him move all of these statues, right? Brings in a flatbed truck. The guy says, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go use a restroom. I'm going to go take a nap or whatever. 15, 20 minutes later, guy comes back out. (laughs) All of these statues are loaded back onto this flatbed truck. Guy asks him how he did it. and He just slyly shies away and he's like, the Egyptians knew how to do it. And that's all he said. Interesting. <clears throat> Something weird there. No? Yeah, that that would that's definitely on my on my bucket list. Um, Florida has a lot of um, sugar mill plantations that are in ruins. There's there's a couple of cool ones I've found. Those are interesting places. Well, if anybody I wants anything at them, if anybody wants to make a group trip down to Saint Croix. I know there are haunted places down there. So if we want to go off onto an island for a tropical vacation and drink a lot of good rum for very, very cheap. Okay. Only if you want to have to carry me Twist home. Right. Of course I will. I, say, I, won't, I won't drink, but I will any trip. Just like, yep. Just put me down. Put me down on all the trips. Yes. Just okay. Because yes. you know, because we uh, Florida now has the high speed train service to Miami, and once you get to Miami, you can take um, you can take the ferry over over the Bahamas. Oh wow! Yes, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. crap! I didn't know that. Well, when did that kick mm-hmm. off? How did I miss this? I don't know. Within the past year, something like that. Okay, so it's pretty recent. Okay. Yeah, it's it's the bullet train, and actually, <laughs> talk about a dark sense of humor. It's killed like a hundred people so far. Great, and it's still like a hundred miles an hour slower than all the bullet trains in Asia. Just kind of seems yeah, like but, but mass sadly, transit in Florida just don't mix. I know, right? I know it seems weird. It, it starts and I think pick it up in Orlando and it comes through Tampa and then it goes on down to Miami. <coughs> so Skyway. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so I think it's mostly suicides, but yeah, people are using the bullet train to commit suicide. Wow. So there's a lot of, you know, gruesome memes about, you know, how many victims it's it's claimed. Yikes. Well, it's that or the alligators, and I'd probably pick the train, too. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, there's a lot of things in Florida that will kill you, including the bullet train and the alligators. And It's the Australia of America, pretty much. It, it it really is. Yeah. Whenever you, yeah, it, it's it's weird being in a tropical climate. If it's not gators or bullet trains, it's people on bath salts eating your face on the freeway. I forgot that was there. A, I forgot that was there. The yeah. There was that guy that robbed the fast food restaurant with an alligator. What? Oh my god, that was <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> yeah, Meg. Been, like, he went through the drive-through and told them to give him all the money in the till, and they were like, no. They threw an alligator, like a baby alligator, through the drive through <laughs> window and like sped off. Wow. He should have led he should have led with that. You leave with the alligator. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Get rid of the alligator. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, I've heard of inventive ways of uh, robbing establishments, but that one takes a cake. Yeah, it really does. No. So you know, John, uh, you and I started the new year together. We did. We yeah. rang in the new year this year. It's it has flown by. It has been so action packed. How did you guys ring in the new year? Uh, John came down and hung out with me for a week, and we went over to my friend Jana's house and had a nice little fire in the backyard. And, oh, tons of tasty little appetizers. Yeah, we had a little we had charcuterie and hung out. It was pretty cool. But before that, it was a week of uh, ghost tours and and exploration. And uh, thank you for the tour of your local area because man there were some beautiful spots there it really were i know and just within that week that i mean this is typical florida weather too because just in that week that you were here it's like we had like really nice days we were out in the convertible and then the one day we went to the beach is when it was torrential downpour and then when we did our investigation it 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 was like down to 40 degrees and we froze to death oh my god no it was the coldest that florida had been in years right it was like 28 degrees in fucking florida yeah, well, it was close to the Georgia line, so we we blame. Yeah, it was sort of sort of not like Florida, but yeah, blame Georgia. Everyone else does. Yeah, we blame Georgia. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, but yeah, that's how we started the year. But yeah, it it just it flew by. But boy, I mean, so many bucket list places and experiences. It's I mean, I I feel like I've had just an amazing year with you guys. Always, uh, you've. You've been a true blessing to my own journey on all of this, and I, I cannot say how grateful I am for that. Now, speaking of which, you got plans for New Year's? Me? Yeah. You coming down? <laughs> no, but we might be doing a massive open public investigation of the Natchez Little Theater. Oh, geez. Well, that's kind of tempting, isn't it? <laughs> it's also a little concerning after that gas line broke on the last one. So, I don't know. Take it for what you will. Yeah, that theater, it's it's interesting. Um, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. That, that Estes session that we did, that really started taking kind of a dark turn. I... That was kind of concerning. Yeah, I and speaking of which, I just had uh, Richard and Amanda out here uh, about a week and a half ago. We did an investigation of the Cherry Grove Plantation, uh, which is not too far from here. Very, very different vibe. So um, it's always important to kind of like gauge people and see how they respond to different areas. But what happened at the little theater that night, that was dark. Like that was, that was some heavy stuff. And I'm, I'm driven by curiosity to figure out where that's actually coming from. Like what is Mm -hmm. causing that? Um, We do know that the building next door has a much longer history than the theater itself, which the theater was built in 19, late 1920s, early 1930s, the building next to it, late 1800s. There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of lost history there. I, I think there is. And I, I mean, it, it was really interesting to me, just, you know, you talk about clearing a space while there's so many layers there and, you know, let, let's start with the physical plane. There is just so much props in costuming, you know, all every single room upstairs is completely 
packed to the gills. And then when you go down in the basement, those are also packed to the gills with all the wood from all the, the stage, you know, backdrops and everything. I mean, just that, that whole place literally needs to be emptied and, and cleaned both physically and spiritually, I think. It, it is a powder keg, both physically and spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because every single one of those items in there probably came from an estate. You know, it's just, I, I, it's. Yes, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not very sensitive, but I, I would imagine if someone was, you'd just be completely overwhelmed with all of those different levels of, of everything that's going on in there. It just seemed like a lot. The vast majority of costume items that populate the the costume and clothing area of the National Little Theater, they all came from the deceased or from donations. Those are the only mm-hmm. places that they came from. Like, this is community only, so that's where it all came from. There is tons of stuff anchored to that. Um, but I'm pretty convinced... I heard that too. Hers- Her- Herschel's acting, acting up, I guess. I don't okay, know. I all right. Um, I heard something going on back there. There's a lot going on there, but it's really, really hard to figure out what's connected to the grounds itself Mm -hmm. and what could potentially be attached to the objects in the building, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, like I said. I see Corinne sitting there like doing it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she would. Yeah, you would. At me in there. Ah. I just, I like, I want to sink my teeth in. and I could do it remotely, but I love going into spaces physically. That's more fun. Well, I, uh, oh, yeah. like I am definitely getting the hell out of this town, but they have asked me to come back a, a few times a year to, um, do like stretches of investigations. And if I can make that happen, I will, because there is something truly unique and, and pretty amazing going on there, but, um, it's just not enough to convince me to stay in this place and you know why corinne knows why so yeah yeah. it's it's not it's not good for your psyche well even even if it wasn't all there there's there's a benefit emotionally and mentally sometimes to just geographically distance yourself from where you grew up (laughs) which which i did 22 years ago and i came back here with the best of intentions and actually had a plan in my mind about how i could potentially alter the path that this place is on Mm -hmm. and it took less than six months and yeah no i'm not strong enough to handle that so no and 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 they're not going to want any change you know they're not going to want you know even a hometown town boy coming back you know with these big city you know ideas of of what to do there and until the garden club dies yeah Unfortunately, you know, that that's the way it is. I think with a lot of these little, these little towns, you know, they just need new blood, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, your room is ready. So whenever you make it up here. Thank you for letting me crash in your basement for a bit. Absolutely. It's uh, you know, white man storage. I think uh, you might share a room with Ash for a week or two. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to move fast as soon as I get back into the state. So we'll, uh, we'll see. Because money all the way around is going to be better up there. And you know me, I am a workhorse. So, 
is that what they're I don't know. The, the, the thought of having him and Ash living in your basement. I, I, I don't I think she understands. <laughs> yeah. You put no, the I know exactly what will happen. I'm getting you bunk beds. I know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> just, just get, just get a giant like dog. Bag, Terrible you know, like idea. Really big ones. Oh no, I have a queen size beanbag chair down there too. Nice. Like, there you go. we're fully prepared. If I was still in my twenties, I would be like, "Cool, awesome, we can make that work for a while." But I'm in my forties. I need to live alone. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's it's not going to last long. But seriously, no, no thank you because. God, I got to get the hell out of here. This place is not good for me. It's not good for anybody unless you've succumbed to it, um, which I never will. <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends and fiends, at this point, we've been going on for about an hour and a half. And uh, unfortunately, we we lost some of the other team members tonight. We, uh, you know, Lisa and Todd wasn't able to make it. Walker flat out forgot. And yes, I hope you're listening to this, and I am packing you on a guilt trip. Get your bags ready. Guilt trip. Um, but don't worry, you'll make up for it whenever I get back into uh, town. Rich Haddam, I wish you were here as well. Luxa, I'll give you a pass because you're not feeling well. But guys, this has been absolutely amazing. I love you all so much. Uh, each one of you has been an integral part not only just for the year, but for the journey of XV Planets and for myself as a human being as well. So I want to take this moment to say, you know, happy holidays, whatever you celebrate, but I love each and every one of you. Um, it's meant the world to have these connections. All of you have contributed so much to my life. I hope I have been able to return the favor. Um, you are all amazing people. Definitely check out crystal empowered with crystal e the links will be in the show notes be sure to check out which way from here with corinne labita links will be in the show notes be sure to check out leftover stardust with my boy alejandro here links will be in the show notes all of you i love you all so much and uh any final thoughts or final words before we uh wrap up This is cool. I made everybody cool. uncomfortable enough oh. that we can just end it there then. No, awesome. it's it's good to have like I feel like I found a place to land. Like I can find these weird, crazy memes and just send them to you. And I'm like, I know you're not gonna be like, what the fuck? You're like, yo, that's cool. <laughs> you're definitely my people, Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't, I, you know, at this point, I don't even know what started our back and forth on, on, uh, I think it was Instagram that we connected it on. It was, yeah. But, uh, seriously, like our connection has been one of the most, uh, nourishing connections that I've made in a long time. And I, I want to say I appreciate you very, very much. Yeah, I appreciate you. And I, I appreciate, like, whenever I have a very random thought, I'm like, I know who I can send this to. <laughs> Your resident. Neighborhood weirdo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right. Folks. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't wait. I'm going to kind of be on a little bit of sabbatical and, you know, and get ready for uh, small town monsters and whatever, you know, the summer brings. Speaking of that, actually. I have. <laughs> Speaking of small town monsters. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. I've got all of our things ready to go so cool just fyi awesome yeah i can't i can't wait for monster fest point 
2.0 like oh like since since we're all in this like uh, and this is also to be edited out blood but i want to do a breakfast like hat like invite everyone to my airbnb because i couldn't get into the hotel and i want you guys over for breakfast uh we'll probably need it if we're going to be doing just nonstop investigating so cool yeah, we're we, we were we were actually talking about collaborating on this together and and maybe doing like a a small extended family breakfast like everybody here who's coming of course um our extended people but then also inviting Scott and Forrest, Micah, uh Jeremy from Bigfoot cuz like I, I can understand that the the crowd can get overwhelming. So just an opportunity, like, hey, come on over. We'll make breakfast. I'll make eggies in a basket. We'll do caramelized bacon. We'll do stuff like that, and uh, just a chance for everybody to kind of catch her breath before the second day really kicks yeah, off. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of the hotel and just like come. To my, my Airbnb. It looks like it's only like ten minutes away, and it's a whole house. Yeah. So just like let's awesome. Take a step back. Yeah. Yeah. So. We'll brainstorm on that and um, kind of get a roster for whoever uh, is is coming. And I would be down for that. Like, I only cook for the people that I love, and I love y'all. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, Jill and I can both verify that you are indeed an excellent breakfast cook. Yes, we had an excellent breakfast at your mom's, and and that was fly by the seat of my pants. Not even planning on doing it. So imagine what I do when I actually plan. Um, I'm Sicilian, so you know my cooking is like fucking on point. <laughs> okay, so you and I definitely need to talk food very, very soon because I am obsessed with that region's food. But the thing is, Sicilian is the best. Oh, it is. No, Sicilian's the best because it's it's not as heavy. It is spicy, but a, a moderate level of spicy. You know, it's perfectly exactly. balanced. It is. No, you are I, just kind of perfect all the way around. You are correct. Yes, thank you. My spice level exactly where it should be. <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm getting hungry. Now I want to make fresh pasta. Oh, God. No, this night's going to end badly for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, anybody else have any uh, closing final thoughts or excitement for what's coming in 2024? It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a really, really good year. That it is. Yeah. Lots of changes, though. I think I think it's it's going to be a year of a lot of changes and shifting and expanding. I, Undoubtedly. I, I think the year of change actually started midway through this year, and it will continue until the midway point of, of next year. That's definitely what I'm feeling. Like, I'm in a state of flux right now, but when I come out of it, be stronger and better than ever. Of course. I'm excited about all these adventures that I invited myself to. Like <laughs> I am like my I already see my calendars full. Cannot wait. <laughs> I loved him. My 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 calendar was so full this year and I just I just loved it. There was just so much going on. It was awesome. So yeah, it's always so fun to look forward to. It's super stressful as you're planning for it, but by the end of the year you can look back and go like totally worth it. Every second. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Oh, I know. I'm, I made a list. I made a list of all the things we did this year. It's, yeah. It, 
I had to literally, I had to sit down with a cup of coffee and think about it. I was like, oh my God, what all did we do this year? And it's like, there was a lot. Sounds a like lot. we might need to have a follow-up to this, especially since half of the people who uh, committed to be here didn't show up. And yes, I am making you feel guilty as you're listening to this. <laughs> had to. <laughs> uh, but you're in luck because technically... Like I said, normally this is the season finale, but I am very much in the thick of the Uinta Basin series, which is going to be probably three, four episodes long. will be released weekly uh, once it drops, hopefully in about a week. Um, just as a teaser, and since I got two of the people who were there with me, Jill, Meg, it's kind of mind-blowing to go back and start editing all this stuff because you always forget how much you actually go through during these events until you start mm -hmm. to review it. And holy crap, that was a lot. Like, that was a lot in multiple ways. <laughs> From the skies to the ground. Yeah, skies to the ground to pyromancy. We experienced a lot of... A lot of high strangeness, and I can't wait to share it with you all. So, that being said, Jill, my mentor, I love you to pieces. Thank you so much for putting up with all of my <laughs> I love you, shit. too. Thank you. Thank you so Crystal, much, man. I love you so much. It has been such a delight to collaborate with you in multiple ways, and tip of the iceberg, because we're definitely dragging you out on some investigations next year, for sure. I'm excited for it. Meg, I love you, you fucker, and I'll be there up there to tackle, hug you, and make you your favorite Asian feast in your kitchen as soon as I possibly can. Alejandro, I kind of just want to tackle hug you in that outfit, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You're you're adorable. Oh, I just he's wanna, absolutely adorable, yeah. I kind of want to cuddle up it's, with you. Look, I'm not going to lie. It's Cowboy Santa. I grew up in the desert. I'm a desert rat. Perfect. Christmas cacti. You're not a desert rat. You were just Alejandro, and there is no <laughs> other comparison for that. Desert rat, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> and Corinne, my sister from another mister, love my you to pieces. Love you too, buddy. We will be continuing our conversation numerous times throughout the course of the next several months. I love you all. Happy Krampusnacht. Blessed winter solstice. <laughs> not saying Merry Christmas. That's not my bag. But if that's yours, say it to yourself. Happy Solstice, everybody. Happy Solstice. Blessed you all. Can't wait for Solstice. <laughs> you should get into the vibe because mark. you'll like it too. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm fired. I know. I, 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 I. Many thanks to Jill, Meg, Alejandro, and especially our special guests, Corinne and Crystal. I've added links in the show notes to Corinne's podcast, Which Way From Here, and Crystal's Empowered with Crystal E, as well as links to Alejandro's leftover Stardust work. I highly recommend that you check out all of their work and support these amazing people in their own creative endeavors. Each of them get the XV plan as seal of approval. Don't forget to check back on January 2nd for the kickoff episode of our last investigative series of this season, The Uinta Basin. We've been hinting at this one for a while, and, well, we're almost ready to unleash it upon you all. 
This series, once it premieres, will be released weekly instead of every two weeks, which will culminate in a thought-provoking season finale that will examine how my perception of the paranormal has evolved in the last year. All I can say is, it's gonna get weirder from here. But hey, what else you would expect from me, right? If you're craving more XP Planets, consider donating to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash xvplanets, where you'll gain access to our exclusive content. There's a whole other separate series on there called Transmissions from the Void, where I interview other people about their own personal experiences with the paranormal, as well as extended interviews, exclusive episodes with special guests, and much more. A sincere thank you to all subscribers who support the show and donate to the Patreon. You are awesome, and I can't express enough just how much every little bit helps to make this show happen a little bit easier on my end. Thank you again. Don't forget to follow us on Blue Sky, Twitter, and no, I am not calling it X, Instagram, Threads, Facebook, everywhere as XVPlanus. And you can follow my personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those same platforms. Links for both are in the show notes as usual. If you like what we do here, head on over to iTunes or Spotify to rate and especially review us, and tell your friends about us. Tell your families about us. Hell, yell at random people in the library about us. Well, maybe not that one. You might get into a little bit of trouble for that. We are a DIY independent production, and the only way that we will grow at this particular moment in time is by you sharing us with others who might enjoy taking this trip down many a rabbit hole. Be sure to check out all of the other great shows on the Green Mushroom Podcast Network, like Lux Occult, Unearthing Paranormalcy, and more. While the website isn't quite up to date yet, you can go to www.greenmushroomproject.com and add that to your bookmarks to keep up with the network in the future. This show is produced in the Black Lodge, wherever that resides in this particular moment of time and space, and it is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. Music from the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods or anywhere you stream your music. By the way, there is a new EP coming out very, very soon. No part of this show or its music may be reproduced without consent. Copyright Folds and Floods Productions. Once again, I am your host, Flood, and this has been XV Planus. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. I'll see you in the between. Inabambratio, Inflectus, Subvelo.